Hi, my name is Jessica. I'm obsessed with costume drama. So is my mom, Gloria. Hello. And my sister, Sarah. Yep, me too. We live worlds apart, which is really hard. But one way for us to stay connected is through what we're watching. Pride and Prejudice with a glass of wine and some chocolate. Nice, Mom. Every season of Downton Abbey. Those costumes. Well, anything period drama. We'll be watching the latest shows and talking through the good, the bad, and the ugly of our favorite genre. And we want you to join us, too. From our couch to yours, we are the Lady Foxes. Join us now for Belgravia, season one, episode one. I think it makes most sense to just like lay out who the characters are before we even go into what's up with this right. because there are a lot of people. It starts off, there's Mr. Trenchard, who's the father, Mrs. How do you, Trenchard. Hold on, how are you pronouncing it? Trenchard? Is it Trenchard? Trenchard? Trenchard. Oh. No, it's Trenchard. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe that's how they pronounce it in the UK and I'm American, <laughs> so I'm calling okay, it Trenchard. Great. Sorry. Um, okay. And the mom is Anne, and the daughter is Sophia. And then there is Lord Bellasis. His name is Edmund. And his aunt, who's the Duchess, and her sister is Lord Bellasis' mother. I think that's all we have to talk about for characters right off the bat. So it starts with this music that sounds very much like Downton Abbey music, especially there's one section with strings that Julian Fellows just took it directly from Batman Abbey. So we set the stage in Brussels before the war with uh, Napoleon. According to the narration, Brussels was an escape from the social norms in London and that people could be a little more wild and a little more free and social standing didn't really mean the same thing there. And so you're sort of told that you're gonna experience something that maybe isn't in typical society. Hurry as fast as I can, miss. Don't be so feeble. Hurry. Sophia, who is the daughter of the Trenchards, or Trent, whatever you call them. <laughs> uh, and she is running to tell her father that she secured an invitation to a ball hosted by the Duchess. The and Duchess of Richmond. Correct. Apparently this, thank you for correcting me. Um, <laughs> this is a really big deal for Sophia's father because he is a supplier to the troops and doesn't have very high social standing. That is exactly what I mean and you know it to be true. Papa would not agree. Your father has traveled a long way and so he does not see the natural barriers that will prevent him from going much further. Be content with who we are. And very soon you realize that Sophia and Lord Bellasis, Edmund, are having a, an affair yeah. um, and that they love each other, at least it appears that way. And then you very soon learn that the father, Mr. Trenchard, knows about this. And then when Mrs. Trenchard finds out, she's horrified and tells Sophia, this is a horrible mistake. I'll never consider you because of your social standing. And that even though we're in Brussels and it may be okay here, it'll never hold up elsewhere. His Royal Highness, the Prince of Orange. Then at this ball, you find out that all of the troops, the British troops who are there, have been called away because there's an urgent battle that's gonna happen with Napoleon's troops. Then you find out that um, Lord Bellasis is killed. Then there is a flash forward by 26 years 
Mrs. Crenshaw <laughs> looks exactly, looks exactly the, same. the same. Mrs. James Trenchard. Can we pause there? Because there's a lot of plot. And I think maybe some of the listeners too, if you guys haven't watched it, sorry about all these spoilers, but um, let's just chat about what's happened in the first like quarter okay. or third of that story because you wrapped it up perfectly. I didn't expect it to go there. Uh, first of all, I really liked Sophia. I thought she was an amazing actress. I was like getting all tucked in to be like, I'll watch her for the rest of the mm-hmm. season. She's awesome. Yeah. And then she yeah. dies. We flash forward to what was it, 26 years? 26, 26 years. Because in my head, I was thinking that means like all the characters I've just invested in are going to be like too old to be interesting <laughs> in the sense that like their romances would have happened. They would have had kids already. What did you guys think? Well, I was just going to reiterate what you said about Mrs. Trenchard looking exactly the same. Yeah. Everybody else that she meets later has aged significantly. Everything. <laughs> and that threw me off. Yeah. It's Brussels Botox. I, just <laughs> <laughs> I also found, you know, I appreciate, Jessica, you're thinking about the narrative, right? And that's the thing that bothers you. For Mom and I are so similar. <laughs> I was so hung up on the fact she looks exactly the same. And I also was hung up on the fact that Sophia looked nothing like her. Yeah, she that's is true too. Physically, and she looks not of that period. Tamsin's such a great comedic actress, so it was very interesting yeah. seeing her play this really subtle, some people might say a little wooden role. I really started warming to her when they flashed mm-hmm. forward, and then you kind of understood how she reacted to what happened in Brussels. But for the first bit, you there's so many things that just feel forced and awkward, like her slightly contentious relationship with her husband. Like, clearly it was a love match. She married someone who's below her in station. I didn't get a lot of love there. I got the feeling like they were two strangers who had met on a subway and she had to stand next to him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I couldn't understand why Sophia's death didn't ruin their marriage. There's just very odd dynamics. But isn't she a bit of a Debbie Downer? (laughs) Everything she said was like, wah, wah. (laughs) Don't go to the ball. They'll laugh at us. She has a better handle on reality. Right. So much so that she made it no fun for her family. (laughs) It's a total buzzkill. No, but I think she wanted to protect her daughter because she knew her daughter's reputation, which is really all women had at that point, and her ability to make a successful marriage Mm. later on that would set her for life Mm. would be totally compromised if her reputation was ruined. Bellasis is the oldest son of an earl or a duke or whatever it is, and he's not free to make his love choice. Yeah. It's going to be a political marriage for him. You very quickly learn, and I'll sum this up really fast, that basically Sophia has been tricked into a fake marriage. Now Sophia is pregnant. She has to go somewhere north, dies in childbirth, and now there's a baby boy. In the flash forward, you learn that the trench, the trenched, trenchard, you find out that now they're incredibly wealthy because he was instrumental in building this community for the ultra wealthy called Belgravia. 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 Up until now, I'm hooked. I like the costumes. Mom, I don't know if you noticed the jewelry. The jewelry was what I noticed. Oh, yeah. You have the marriage between the son, Oliver, and his wife, Susan. Like, first of all, they have the most awkward dinner table chats 
ever. Every time we sat down with each other, I had like a pit in my stomach. The son was talking about how they wanted a house there. And the dad said, oh, sure, we'll give you this model. And then the daughter-in-law was like, ugh. <laughs> I want a nicer one. I don't know much about the history of this period in Belgravia Square, but they mention other squares in London that these architects and Mr. Trenchett have collaborated on. Lady Brockenhurst, Edward's mum, says to Mrs. Trenchett, you know, you're one of the new new women. I hope you don't mind me saying this. And she just means basically nouveau riche. Oh, you know, we didn't even touch on the, the conversation with the servants downstairs, mm -hmm. which I really enjoyed because oh, yeah. they kind of gave you a really great recap on the dynamics of the family. It was so interesting to hear that people of a lower social standing, even in the trenchards, would defend a gentleman's right to have something he didn't earn. Like the ones who were defending the son who wanted a fancier house. Yes. When one of them pointed out, but what did he do to deserve it or to earn it? I guess the head, the head butler said, gentlemen don't have to earn, they inherit. And so you've got this really great conflict. It is, it is a real ingrained class system snobbery that is the inverse of America. So, you know, self-made man is the king of America. We admire it more than anything. And in Britain, people who have inherited wealth and inherited titles, the farther back the better, um, so that they really didn't have to touch work, especially in that period we're seen as kind of the uber elite. Also, bringing up the staff members, Ellis is drinking the same Kool-Aid that Mrs. Trenchard, I looked it up, Trenchard yeah. is, because she doesn't age either. They didn't even bother to give her different makeup or hairstyle. Really? Why do exactly you think? Why would they decide to do that? Maybe they forgot. <laughs> <laughs> you did, maybe did it cross your mind, it might not be strategic. But by the time this finishes, because they did such nice things I really like their flashbacks and how they came in. I thought the camera work some of the best thing about the show and the acting. Who are your sympathies with? You know, at this point, nobody. Mm. I think I'm having a really hard time feeling aligned with anyone. Anne kind of grows on you a little bit. She doesn't make you want to root for her. Yeah, I mean, I really liked Sophia. And I was yeah, sorry to see dead. her go. <laughs> how about the baby? <laughs> I like Sophia, too. She was like a... Um, a Marianne kind of character. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lively. From Gilligan's Island? <laughs> I don't know who Marianne is. <laughs> Jane Austen. Like someone who's oh. really <laughs> sensibility, like oh, <laughs> really emotional. That kind of young romantic idealist full of passion. It is a Game of Thrones play to kill her off right at the very beginning and hope yeah. that because everybody we've met really is the older generation and it, that's a different kind of story. The last thing to leave on, because this is written by Julian Fellows. This is his follow-up from Downton Abbey. Were you guys fans of Downton Abbey? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. What are you liking more at the moment? Downton Abbey. I like, I like it yeah. more. But yeah, me too. Open-minded. Yeah, yeah I, I think the reason I like Downton Abbey more is because I felt the characters rolled out more slowly and were yeah. developed. I agree. Um, in a way that was easier to get hold of. I'm still having so much trouble with the 26 years later and she looks exactly the same. I know. I agree with you. Just from like a directing point of view, it was like a reveal shot. It's like 26 years later. Yeah, she steps out of the carriage and you're like... And everyone's staring. Time traveled. <laughs> what? She's, 
<laughs> she built a time machine that looks like a stagecoach. And maybe like, if we're all in lockdown now, the same thing will happen to us. We'll like emerge from this looking exactly the same as when we went in. Oh, let's hope so. Oh, so. <laughs> I love you guys so much. Yeah, um, yeah, me too. This has been great. Join us next time for episode two of Belgravia. You can find us on Instagram and 